Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is The Journey of Discovery with John Gooden. Hello and welcome to The Journey of Discovery with me, John Gooden. So today is about a personal journey, a journey to becoming a parent. So Some of you that are listening are good friends of mine and will be across this journey that my wife and I have been on over the last few years in order to welcome into the world Elodie Gooden, who joined us on the 9th of May, weighing in a staggering 5 pounds and 12 ounces. I am so totally in love with this beautiful baby and, of course, my wife. What an experience that was. And I wanted to talk about it because it's going to tie in a few things that you may already have uh, kind of witnessed uh, or heard on this podcast. And there's some positive messages that I think lie in this. So bear with me. I'm going to take you on a bit of a roller coaster here emotionally. It certainly has been for my wife and I. But as I say, there's a happy ending and I, I hope that you enjoy this story. So If we start with a conversation that I had on the journey of discovery with my wife, we spoke about endometriosis. It was during an awareness month, so I thought it was appropriate to have Vicky, Vicky Gooden, Mrs. G, come on and talk about this condition that she suffers from, and many other women do, one in 10 apparently, but it takes about seven years to be diagnosed. It's really not a condition that is well diagnosed and treated. It is, of course, called endometriosis. So it's a debilitating condition that a lot of women suffer from. Excuse me, I'm just getting comfortable over here, taking off my shoes. And it causes horrendous pain and can lead to infertility as well as uh, many other issues as well. So when Vicky came on and spoke about endometriosis, I said to her, why don't we tell people that you are pregnant? We did this just a few months ago and Obviously, we just had a baby, but she she didn't want to, and I respected her wishes on that. And the reason because she didn't want to is because of the journey uh, that we had already been on just to get to that point. Um, I wrote a blog post for my wife's website. She has her own blog, and I didn't want to share it everywhere on social media. I, I put it in a couple of places where 
I thought it might resonate a little bit more. But essentially, we had a really tough time uh, having our baby. And I can talk about it now because obviously Elodie is here and she's healthy and and that's just incredible. What a what a blessing, what a gift. But there was a time when we really didn't think that this was going to happen for us. We struggled to conceive naturally, uh, which is how my wife then got diagnosed with endometriosis. And then she went through a bunch of surgeries, very invasive surgeries, which had their own complications. But eventually, through the IVF process, uh, we had success. But during that time, we, we lost the pregnancy, which was absolutely heartbreaking. I remember I was touching down from a trip in Poland. I'd gone over to do some filming with Karolina Kowalkiewicz. I put my phone uh, out of airplane mode as we hit the tarmac in Luton, which is just like 20 to 30 minutes away from where we live. And my wife's best friend was like blowing up my phone. Where are you? What's going on? You know, Vicky's in real trouble. Cut a long story short, she ended up on a 999 call and she had a very, very rare ectopic pregnancy, which about 0.4% experience, which landed her in hospital for about a week. And she was worried that she was going to have her womb removed and, and all kinds of really horrendous things to hear for a couple uh, that were looking to to have a baby, as well as obviously losing a pregnancy. I think we were, you know, uh, let's say two months in. So we had a lot of excitement um, and then the failure of that. Now, people that may or may not know, some of you who have friends that have been on the IVF journey or may have been on an IVF journey yourself, know that you you get a couple of rounds on the NHS. Those of you who are listening overseas, That means that our health service over here, which is provided by the government, uh, do stuff for us for free. And we got three goes for free and then you have to start paying for it and it becomes very, very expensive indeed. And and that expense had meant that we were putting a lot of things on hold. Having a baby was top of the list rather than home renovations, holidays, cars, whatever it might be. Um, Other investment, you know, even things, personal projects for professional reasons um, I had to uh, put on the back burner. Anyway, uh, the IVF journey was successful for us. You know, it, we, it didn't work the first few, uh, the first two times. Uh, we, we lost the baby, as I said. I wrote about that experience. I will put that in the notes below, not the, I'll put the link in the notes below about that because I think it's important to, to tell people all sides of the story. And I, I had a really strong a reaction from various people that wrote to me after learning about that piece because I was really, really in a in a very, very uh, down place at that time. And I think when you're on TV shows and your job is basically to be positive the whole time and we all are guilty of maybe putting our best foot forward on social media and not showing always round which is which is fair no one really wants to see the the bad stuff necessarily in day-to-day um aspects it's not the reality though so I wanted to be real with everyone and and that's why I, I wrote what I wrote so you guys can and I'm happy for people to read that now given the uh, the outcome. That was why we didn't kind of let the cat out the bag when we did the interview in the very spot that I'm sitting now down in the Fox's dojo the journey of discovery little space that I have here. 
So shall we talk about how the baby came about? So with all of that in mind, and with all of the reading that I do, the listening that I do, and the type of person that my wife is, we wanted a very natural birth. We wanted as the minimal amount of intervention as possible, drug-free if we could, and uh, we we had hired a doula, which is like an experienced birthing partner that would help us on our journey as well, the journey to of birthing the baby. So we, we had a lot of things and what they call birth preferences, otherwise known as a birth plan. We had a lot of things in place with chopped and changed hospitals that we were going to have the baby and things of that nature just to try and make it as homely as possible, less stress and and but safe at the same time very much realistic we, we'd like a home birth but I think with the complications that we had had thus far probably need and we weren't experienced uh, parents and also I'm quite highly strung so we decided to go down the hospital route after all just uh, it was going to be a safer bet then we were about a month away I'd done a bunch of stuff leading up to the time where I thought, right, let's get all of this work booked in, start turning things away, concentrate on getting ready for the arrival of the baby. We knew we were having a girl. I think we knew the the name at that point as well, but we were keeping it very much under wraps. My wife organised a little getaway because apparently that's what you do. You have to have some time before you have the baby because it then gets swallowed up. All of Again, you parents will know all about this. I'm going to be saying a lot of stuff which is familiar to to parents but maybe not to others and I think it's important because I'm about to share some stuff as it's very raw very new and I will maybe say it in a certain way that you might not be used to hearing it which might make it a little bit louder for you so we went down to Suffolk Suffolk Norfolk borders in the morning, we had an appointment with the consultant at the hospital, just a routine checkup. Everything was fine. So we loaded up the car and went down towards um, Southwold Beach, beautiful beach in Suffolk. That was where we were essentially heading towards. We were about 35 minutes in from the coast where we were staying in a barn in the middle of nowhere. I actually struggled to find this place on a, on the sat-nav. So when we turned up, it was still a nice day. It was quite late in the day, however, so we kind of dropped our bags and said, right, let's get down to the beach now, take advantage of this uh, weather, because I'm not sure how long it was going to stick around for. So we drove down there, got to the beach. My wife is absolutely awful with directions. She had been there before. I had not. We ended up parking at one one end of the beach, but we couldn't take the dog anywhere near that side, so we had to walk to the other side. Now, walking is something that they recommend for people to bring about labour when they are, of course, due, not when they are four weeks to go. Anyway, my wife does a fair bit of walking, so it wasn't beyond what she normally does in her routine. Just planting the seed there. So we go up the beach, have the dog with us. That's an important part of this story, by the way. We have the dog with us whilst we are on vacation, on holiday in Norfolk. So I take him down, introduce him to the sea. I'm not sure if he'd done that with me before. And then we went and found some food, had a little evening meal and headed back to this place where we were staying. Not long after we stayed there, I won't uh, talk about the more personal conversations that I had with my wife, but essentially her waters broke. And for those that ask, 
what's that like? Is it like a little trickle? Is it like this? Is it like that? No. These bad boys burst like two water balloons and didn't want to stop. So we knew that her waters had broken. That wasn't the greatest piece of news at that time. I wasn't ready. I had left four weeks buffer to really get my head around being the best dad possible, to finish off those parenting books, to understand how I could be better in the in that hospital space, all of those things. I'd kind of put it on the back burner a little bit. Done some reading and research, but not as much as I as I perhaps wanted to. Well, no, not as much as I wanted to, not perhaps. After that happened, panic ensued. I knew that panic wasn't going to help, but there's not a lot that you can do when you are in the middle of nowhere. You've only really plugged in a postcode to your digital device. You've then followed that to some location near the east coast of England. No maps, no real geographical reference of where we were. So now I thought we are in the shit and we had the dog with us as well we called the midwife they said get to the nearest hospital no idea where that was so I run out of this bar and it's maybe 10 o'clock at night banging on doors would anyone answer no of course not so I have no idea where we're going to go so we then call 111 and uh, again let's cut some aspects of this story out ambulance comes just when the ambulance comes so does a couple of heroes. Now we had the dog with us. What the hell were we going to do with the dog whilst we go and essentially deliver the baby? It was very likely that this was not a false alarm. This was going to happen. And it takes time. And poor little Rupert, our sausage dog, is now stuck in this barn with some stairs. And he's not allowed up and down stairs. Absolutely petrified because he can see that shit ain't right. So I'm strategically placing bowls around this place and uh, thinking that we might have to leave him. But in the moment of panic, my wife had some clarity and remembered that my in-laws, old neighbours, moved to Norfolk about a year ago. They picked up the SOS call at about 10, half past 10, made their way down to collect the dog just at the same time as the ambulance came. So then that just left me handing the handling these keys to this barn, not really knowing where to put it. it when I say it was pitch black, by the way, because we're in the middle of nowhere, not a street lamp, nothing. And I didn't exactly go equipped with torches, etc. either. So it was uh, it was really challenging on the senses. And then I had to try and find my way to this hospital called James Paget, which was in Lowestoft, which is 45 minutes away. Something that I'll add. The ambulance took an hour. Now, I'm not going to get on my high horse about that. And then it was 45 minutes to the hospital. But I could have driven back to Barnet, where we were looking to have the baby, in just over two hours. Let's say two and a half hours without driving like an absolute hooligan. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, And that was in my mind whilst all of this was going on. Anyway, my wife is now taken to the hospital. I'm following behind with our possessions. Worth noting... Those possessions do not include the bag. Again, newbies to the whole having a baby thing. You have a hospital bag that has all the shit you need, plus all the nice things that you might want when you are staying at a hospital for maybe a couple of days, maybe longer, whilst you're trying to deliver a baby and then recovering after delivering a baby. None of that. Nope, none of that. Not a single thing apart from 
uh, my wife's notes, which was important to have. So she, at least she had that. But we didn't have any of the the nice things that we wanted to make this. Remember, I said about make the hospitals, which are a bit more homely and welcoming, dim lighting, some sort of candles, LED ones, nice incense, snacks, just stuff, our stuff that we could have dotted around the room to, to kind of make it less sterile and hospital-like, which is why a lot of women get quite stressed in these environments. It's a very primal thing, giving birth. And back in the day, women, like animals do, they give birth at night, they retreat into caves, they get very protective. It's like a nesting thing. So you have to try and recreate that in a hospital wards with people all wearing the same clothes, bright lights everywhere. It's it's not very... It's not very achievable. However, off we go to James Paget, And as soon as we get there, they essentially are suggesting that we have a C-section, like off the bat. That was probably, I mean, it was considered, but it was so far from what we wanted out of the experience that it just sent alarm bells. And I knew that this could possibly happen. We had the doula, the experienced birthing partner, who was a very, very useful go-between on medical speak and what is basically some kind of more natural alternatives to everything. And um, and she was very useful and, and coached me through it whilst we were trying to figure out what we could and couldn't do. So we pushed back and there's something else that I need to add to this. I hope my wife doesn't mind me sharing this, but she has a condition called Group B Strep. Now, it was a very, very big part of the the birthing process, if I'm honest. Uh, the fact that Elodie was premature, I think 37 weeks is when a baby is fully cooked. It was We were in the 36th week, so we were nearly there, but not quite. So, you know, medical people have to draw a line. So she was too early uh, for various things, including water births, which is exactly what we wanted so we we couldn't go into the pool and then my wife with this group b strep which is a bacterial infection i guess it is which can cause problems for the baby so mum and baby have to really be on antibiotics baby goes on antibiotics when she is welcomed into the world mum goes on antibiotics throughout labor now they wouldn't they wouldn't put Vicky on these antibiotics. Now we have to consider the waters have broken now. So that sort of protective seal has gone and therefore the risk of infection is increasing with every minute, hour, day, etc. So they wouldn't give her the antibiotics to help us combat some of the perils of group B strep, which is it's just horrendous stuff. Like I'm going to mention meningitis and sepsis. I'll leave it there. Uh, but you just mentioned those and it puts the fear of God into people you never want your child to have that Uh, so especially if you can prevent it then they said we'll have to induce this birth if we go on antibiotic essentially I it was very difficult for me to push back on any of these things (laughs) so we accepted that and then the the birth was induced again it wasn't something that we wanted we wanted nature to take its course the baby will come when she's ready all of these sorts of things The, the female the female body is just ridiculously clever and it's been doing this role for many many years and when we get involved that's when we end up just being railroaded into a lot of medical intervention which is good in some respects but I think sometimes there are cases when it wasn't necessary and people wanted to speed things up a little bit too they were a bit too keen to do so 
anyway, we we did our best. Then I think Vicky tried. Uh, I think nineteen hours in labour. Uh, sadly, she just didn't dilate, and therefore we had to have a C-section. That was pretty scary for me. As much as I'm worried about the baby, I've never met this baby. I don't have the bond to the baby that the mother does. I'm now looking at my wife, the woman that I love. And she's absolutely petrified. This is the worst case scenario for her. She's crying, very emotional. And then they reel off all of the risks associated with this surgery, this C-section, including death. And quite a significant risk of that. It's not like, oh, it's a million to one. It was like a thousand to one. And and you just, it's just awful awful thinking about it i'm outside this room as my wife's being prepared as she's getting the drugs put into her and whatnot she'll be conscious during this um but there'll be a screen and they will basically lift the baby out of some people will call it the sunroof that happens baby comes out incredible um moment and just hugely emotional for both my wife and i although vicky with uh the the kind of oh it's a uh it's an epidural, but that, yes, but it has, it does have effects on your mood and things like that. So I think she was a bit woozy, so couldn't really fully take it on. And, and this has, by the way, I mean, I won't really get into it, but it, I, I'm not sort of a hippie, but when you get these, the, the reason why we didn't want these interventions and, and these painkillers and these drugs is just that the body does things naturally. And, and, you know, there's a, a natural course of action. And some of these things are suppressed by, that medical intervention. However, we had to do what we had to do to get the baby into the world safely. What an incredible experience that was. But then the realisation is we had nothing for that baby. No clothes, no nappies, no food, uh, nothing. Nothing for mum, no special bras, no special clothing or any of that stuff. And we were, of course, going to be there for, I think it was a minimum a minimum of 48 hours but we ended up being there for five days right next to Great Yarmouth so that's how far away we were and it gets it gets more complicated I'd mentioned that we'd put a lot of stuff on the back burner whilst we were trying to achieve this wonderful gift of life including a big house project and then we realized when the baby was coming oh shit, our house is just a two-bedroom house. It's very cosy and there just simply really isn't enough room for modern babies with their huge travel systems and bassinets, Moses baskets, car seats, etc. We had to get going with a big extension project, which meant we had to move out. It was going to be too much and we've gone into rented accommodation. Now, we'd not been in that place for long when when we went away on holiday and then all of this ensued my parents hadn't even been round to this place that we were now living in fact didn't really know where it was let alone have a set of keys so we have all this stuff and we really need it to get to us we can't take the baby home without the car seats and car seats are expensive we'd already bought one i think it was about 500 quid all told so I wasn't about to go and just buy another one of those down the local wherever. There's, I researched this quite heavily and there's safety features and all the rest of it. And I guess it has to fit certain cars, but you know that that's not what this is about. But my dad became another hero. So so let's go through the, the heroes. We've got Liz and Ian, the old uh, in-laws' neighbours who rescued the dog. 
We have the doula who is from Dunstable, so drove up for like three hours to Norfolk to be with us uh, throughout this process. Um, and then my dad, this is before the baby was born, by the way, I just uh, just chronologically jumping around a little bit here. He went down to the estate agent from which we are renting this property, picked up a set of keys using a passport to prove who he was and me on the other end of the phone, had to go into our home. I hadn't told him where stuff was really. I think I sent him a a text with a few things that he could put into the car for us. So he's, uh, he's, he's rummaging around our home, trying to find all the various bits and pieces. And my dad is, he's a, he is a, I'm going to say he's not a man's man. Um, but you know, babies and all of that stuff probably isn't his forte so much as toddlers would be. And, young uh, just when kids get a little bit older and stuff so I think he was he's a little bit past knowing exactly the bits that he should have been looking for but he did a damn fine job he had had food poisoning as well the night before took a three-hour journey up to the hospital saw us for half an hour and then went straight back I mean he delivers every time my old man a very special a very special human indeed we now have some stuff although I had to do a supermarket sweep just in case a little bit before to get a little bit of formula and some clothes for the baby. Again, the way that we wanted to dress things up, that's a bad turn of phrase. The way that we wanted things to be laid out was we wanted the baby away from as many chemicals as possible. Um, That's just something, that's the way that Vicky and I live. Uh, I've done, I've done a podcast, not a podcast. I've done a little video on my other, um, YouTube channel, The Bloody Vegan, where I talk about, you know, chemical-free, cruelty-free products that we use in the home for cleaning it as well as cleaning ourselves. So why would we do anything different with the baby? And that includes clothes. Clothes go through a really heavy chemical process a lot of the time. And you're certainly supposed to wash baby clothes, whatever they're made with, wherever and whatever. Always clean them first before putting them on the baby. But we had this situation where... We're in a hospital and it's not exactly room service hotel. So I'm buying things from Tesco, nothing against Tesco, but it wasn't the organic cotton, ethically sourced, washed clothing that we had liked. So I'm seeing a lot of the things that we had aimed for were falling by the wayside. The birth, which was the big one, and now the kind of stuff right afterwards. Um, People will notice, I I did say formula, Um, I am a vegan. No, I'm not an advocate for consuming dairy. So that was another issue. We are still battling with breastfeeding, which, you know, we'll we'll see how the, the podcast goes and if there's an appetite for these kind of conversations. But that is a big conversation. God damn, breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff. The pressure that women are put under, it is incredible but I'm also a realist and we had to we had to do what we had to do so I'm also now buying products that I hadn't really researched and we were about to put them in our little baby so um, the baby ended up on formula at first we ended up I just got an organic cow's milk one hip I think it was we've uh, since transferred over to goat's milk and we're also breastfeeding as well would love to get rid of the goat's milk Um, quite possibly changing from that as well just went to a specialist today in fact said that we can get like a a certain amino acid based formula that that isn't um, lactose 
So it doesn't sound like it's an animal product. Um, Needs a bit more research. Um, More about that if people want to hear about that. I'd done some research, never knew about this stuff at all. So anyway, um, the point being, lots of things going on that I hadn't planned for. And I'm just about holding it together, as well as seeing a little baby come into the world and being overwhelmed. By the way, I'm going to be biased. She's bloody gorgeous. My God. Vicky and I make a good looking child. And uh, all fingers and toes, all intact. Everything's good. She was healthy. A little bit jaundice. Uh, but we didn't need to go under any lamps or anything like that. She was very small as well, five pounds twelve. So, j- just a little bit of um, monitoring was taking place for her and mum. Plus the group B strep thing that I'd mentioned earlier, that kept us tied to the hospital for a little longer because they have to work out whether any bacterias had grown. So they had to take blood tests. Bless her. Seeing your baby have blood taken from is very upsetting, and some. Some medical people have better ideas and ways of administering blood from babies than others. Yeah, I'm going to let you know about this one because it was a tip. Now, they do it from the heel. If ever you guys remember this, if ever your baby or young child has to have blood taken from it, one thing that really helped this process was that they take it from the heel. It's baby's feet, children's feet, usually very cold. This midwife came in with a, a rubber glove filled with hot water obviously not scalding hot because you can't put that on a child and she said hold that on the baby's foot for a couple of minutes and then I'll take the blood and the blood just poured out she got what she needed put a little plaster on it great this other woman that did it before said just cup your baby's foot to warm it up and then she tried to take blood and it took ages and she ended up doing another sort of hill prick and it was very distressing for the baby I don't know why these people don't share this knowledge internally that is just a little tip there for anyone that that is in this situation a similar situation where was I so dad's dropped stuff off we're now getting our stuff together but I'm ending up in this hospital shouldn't have been there they don't normally allow men on this ward and we were very fortunate to have a room and I was sleeping on the floor for like five nights I'm, I'm certainly not complaining about that I was running backwards and forwards to shops finding them more and more as I was there picking up some clothes that had been delivered to us some that I'd bought I was now able to I went and found a laundrette and was sitting in a laundrette not something that I had ever done that makes me sound very middle class doesn't it not even when I was at uni because I lived at home so I didn't know how any of that worked but I'm in on this seaside resort Great Yarmouth or or by uh, Castor Castor Beach a little laundrette there with a very friendly lovely woman who helped me out washing all of the baby's clothes and uh, my clothes and Vicky's clothes because we'd run out. We, we'd overstayed our holiday by two days. And here we were in this hospital. But it was an incredible experience. It was m- total madness. Big shout out. Big up James Paget Hospital. Although we it wasn't our choice to be there, I don't think that we would have received much better care. It really was very good. It was a a newly refurbished ward that was maybe one midwife if I'm being nitpicky who was whose bedside manner wasn't amazing but all of the staff thereafter whether I agreed with what they were saying or not they were so well intentioned we were outsiders and they made us that that we almost got treated a bit like royalty in there it was very bizarre and uh, I'm so super grateful to James Paget. I hope to one day do something in return for that ward. Vicky's looked into that. Apparently there's a piece of equipment that they need. 
I've got some news on on a charity project that's happening in August. It's it's really significant and big, something that I'm involved in. So I more about that another time. Um, but my efforts will be going into that. And then after that, I will definitely be doing something for that hospital because they did help us out a lot. My wife and baby are in good health as a result of the care that they administered. And um, yeah, very grateful for that. So there you go. That was that was the birthing process. Ever since then, we've been back home and it's been scary as fuck. Oh my God. Just when you think you're learning about something, it just throws a massive curveball at you. I am going to look out for my Instagram, John Gooden UK. I will be posting a picture of the amount of bottles that we have very soon. We are trying so many different bottles which have various different reasons as well from, you know, wind, colic, comfort, latex versus silicone, like combination fitting, all kinds of things. And we are trying so many different things. I I don't know if it's the right thing to do or not. So much information out there. Some of it's incorrect. Some of it conflicting. You try and do the very best that you can as a new parent. You drive yourself mad a little bit. I'm probably delirious delivering this podcast as well, by the way. So my apologies for that. Not sleeping a great deal. That is something that I'm really struggling with. But you just, you make do. It's a a beautiful thing. Um, We are very much with our L plates on, trying to make our way through this journey. We, um, We don't really have a lot of family around us that can help, which is sad and is frustrating and... Yeah, my, my wife, both my wife and I are struggling with that at the moment because we don't really have many places to turn where we live. But, you know, essentially, the baby is our responsibility. We've got to work this out and we're doing our very best. Whilst my wife is in the other room with her boob in a plastic funnel making all kinds of humming noises and I can mostly be heard by my neighbours umming and humming at my baby to try and make her stop screaming. Uh Apart from that, you know, you might hear me singing Beatles songs to her, which is something that she seems to enjoy. So we're trying to fill her ears with good music. She enjoys books already, bless her. And we're enjoying this journey. But doing some stupid things like considering the car seat to take her up and down the stairs because I'm just not confident holding the baby. And yeah, by the way, have you ever tried to watch yourself go up downstairs? Don't try and do it. It scrambles your mind. Just let your feet remember the programming that's the problem with having a baby everything's so bloody sensitive and precious that every step you take you're thinking about in case you do something wrong yeah don't do that uh, because you end up nearly falling over which i haven't done but i have i'll share i'll share this with you i have um nearly nearly been nominated for a worst father of the year a couple of occasions I think I took the cap off of the bottle after sh- after shaking it and uh, got a direct hit above uh, Elodie's eye, which was uh, pretty funny after we realised she was okay. Another one, I tried to get a scratch mitt on our hand and because their their hands are so delicate, you try and get this little scratch mitt, little glove, you try and get it nice and wide and they're elastic and it fired off in the direction again of her eye just missed this. So I could have probably blinded my child twice over in this first month of being a dad. Good on me, huh? And uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Trying to get her in and out of what seems like a straight jacket in order to 
change her nappy. Although I'm getting pretty good at the nappy thing, I'm, I, I must be honest. I'm pretty quick at firing that on, cleaning her up and, and things like that, despite her constant wriggling and dissatisfaction with that situation. All of these things, I'm sure, are what you other incredible parents out there have experienced. I have so much respect now for people that have children, particularly those who have more than one. Holy shit. How do you do that? No idea. Barely getting through the first one, but willing to learn about it. Jesus, this, this is the biggest, most important job in the world and uh, and one that I'm really, <laughs> really struggling with, if I'm honest, but she's alive. She's growing. Medical people who keep knocking on our door, by the way, um, not not because we're at high risk. I think that's what they just generally do, which is good to know, by the way. Good to know that the social services, is that what they are? No, no, take that back. I don't think it's the social services because that would indicate that there's a problem with Vicky and I. I think it's just medical people, midwives and health visitors. That's what they're called. They've been around a few times and are very happy with what they're seeing in our delightful bundle of joy. So that is our story. I've probably missed out parts, but, you know, 35 minutes of you hearing about the fact that we just had a baby girl who was five pounds and 12 called Elodie Willow Gooden. She is with us and I'm a very proud parent. It all starts here, right? The fun and the stress begins right here, right now. There it is, my friends. I am so pleased to share this with you. The reason of sharing this with you and connecting it back was to show hope. We really didn't think that we were going to have our baby. It was just, it, it's just been so crazy. I'm going to share something with you, which is, uh, which is absolutely heartbreaking. I've got to be quite private about this. But um, in the last couple of years, two now two of my friends, one of those friends closer than the other, have lost their baby. Um, one made it to eight months and the other one was not even with us 24 hours. And I just, I, I just have no idea how those guys um, have managed the strength to pull through. One couple have gone on to have more children and, um, and they're just, uh, they're just superheroes to me. And, and a friend of mine that's, you know, currently heartbroken, I, d- I just don't know how how uh, how they're getting through. I, I really don't. And it makes me so grateful for having uh, our child. It also, uh, there's an element of me not wanting to celebrate too loud because people are out there struggling. And um, there are organisations out there, SANS is one, uh, that Vicky and I both uh, felt strongly about. We we didn't end up going to them um, after we, we lost the pregnancy. And, and everything that went with it. It wasn't just that. There was, it was quite a horrendous time at the hospital and everything that went with it and, and potential surgeries. And Vicky had to basically have a, a round of chemotherapy to, because essentially that's a pregnancy is fast growing cells like, like, like cancer. Isn't that a terrible comparison? But there you go. We had our own journey, and, but we, we soon discovered people have been through far, far worse. And I just wanted to say to those people that are maybe struggling to conceive, uh, don't be afraid to speak about the IVF journey. There, there's a community out there of people uh, that are going through similar things and it does work. It did for us. And I guess we were against the odds in many respects, uh, but we were lucky that uh, physiologically we were both absolutely fine. As it turned out, it was just 
certain factors you know endometriosis probably didn't help but uh, I'm, I'm sure there are many many factors into the in, in these things who knows but keep the faith stay strong uh, be grateful uh, when you when you have these this positive experience and yeah just just a big love uh, to all the mummies and daddies out there and to to those that are feeling the struggle, my heart goes out to you. But there is light at the end of it. I promise you. You just have to keep on going. Um, there's, I have a lot of respect for for you women. You women go through some stuff. Oh my god, the female body is is just incredible. I'm so incredibly proud um, of my wife. So totally in love with her, and and of course with my daughter. So, anyway, you've heard enough from me on that. I'm starting to repeat myself. So I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for listening to this. As I say, I just hope that you you took something positive from it and share this on. Share this on with people that you know that might be uh, going through a little difficulty in in having a baby or or whatever it might be. I will be back with different stories that you have come to expect from the journey of discovery. Got some filming projects that are underway, that are being edited, that are being put out there. So they will soon be arriving in your YouTube channel subscription page. Of course, you've subscribed to Journey of Discovery with John Gooden. I'll catch you next time. Be good, people. Speak to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 